The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. A place for veterans. And we are a place for veterans. America's Web Radio. So we start every show that is veteran-oriented with a silent prayer for those that have given the ultimate sacrifice, our veterans and our active duty folks. And we've got on the line our host, Philip Forsberg, and we'll be going to Philip right after just a couple of things that we do. And we'll be back in just a moment. Amen, and thank you for joining us in a moment to think about our veterans and to think about our first responders and all of those that work hard to keep us safe and sound. The other thing that we always do with the Veterans Show is that we get our military or EMT show, first responder show, and that's that we always want to make sure the heart is pumping well and we do that with what we all, anybody that served, love these. If you have lost a loved one. Whoops. That's not it. My goodness, what happened there? That's not nice. I pulled up something and it wasn't the right thing, I guess. And we're left with. Do you feel like I do right now? Do you feel like I do right now? Motivated, motivated, rockstead, rockstead. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I can do it. I can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Hey yeah, hey yeah. Oh man, oh man. Okay, I don't know who they're talking about about old man, but anyway, we love our Jodies, and we have got Philip on the line right now. Good afternoon, Philip. Good afternoon, uh, David. It's good to be with you, and I do love those jokes. Well, you know, it's, uh, I tell you what I love is that more and more veterans across the country are gaining respect and getting some of what they have deserved all the time, and uh, I, I talked to a number of different veterans, and they're feeling the same thing that I am, that uh, veterans are finally becoming, they've always been a part of society, obviously, but they're finally gaining the respect, and people are in, beginning more and more to understand that when you raise your right hand and commit to defend our country, 
That's a very serious proposition, and it can send you any place around the world. And uh, we have enough situations going on right now around the world that, um, you know, I, our veterans are important, and even to the point that, um, and I, I was going to ask you, Philip, are you raising your hands? They're, they're taking us old people back in. Uh, well, uh, no, uh, they, they told me that I would be in the retired reserve until I was age 60 and, uh, no longer able to serve. So, uh, if my country needs me, uh, I will help, but, uh, Probably uh, in uniform is, is not what they're hoping for. I mean, if you get to me, well, well, we still have enough eligible young men. Uh, I shouldn't need to go. Well, I tell you what, if if they need a clerk typist, I'll raise my hand in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know, that's that's what I wound up as, and. Um, the company clerk, I'll be, I'm ready to do it again. And, uh, and can still fire a pretty accurate round, you know. So anyway, if the, con- if the country calls, yes, I would, I would answer that call again. And, you know, I don't know of a veteran that I've interviewed that wouldn't, that hasn't said the same thing. And, uh, it doesn't really make any difference to them how old they are. If the country were to need them, they would be the first to volunteer and go back in. It might be only directing traffic at a base. Who knows? But, um, you know, I guess once you've taken the oath, it goes with you for the rest of your life. And uh, Yeah. I think I think that uh, this is one one feature our country has that no other country has. You know, David. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I I kind of like history. I'm sorry. What? I said I don't know if you know this, but I kind of like history a lot. Oh yes, I have. Yes, that I've noticed. You know that my. Uh, one of my greatest heroes is uh, William Tecumseh Sherman. And uh, General Sherman, uh, well, in, uh, he was the first uh, president of the what is today Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge. And uh, he, <clears throat> when, uh, yeah, this was in uh, about 1860, and when uh, all the secession talk began. Um, the Braxton Bragg and the governor of Louisiana came to uh, Sherman and asked him to take a, a position as a general in the uh, Confederate Army, the new Confederate Army. And his answer to them was twofold. He said, number one, I swore an oath to the Constitution of the United States although he was no longer serving on active duty, he said, I will not break that oath. And then finally he said, if you think you're going to form a better government than we have, you're wrong. And so he left. And how right he was. 
he's right about many things. And uh, and yes, I have noticed uh, that you're quite a history buff, and that's why I always have my pen and paper ready. It's very few, if any, shows that I can remember that we've been talking and you've come up with something I had no idea about, just like the mention of Sherman just now. Uh, I had not heard that, but uh, you telling it doesn't surprise me. And uh, we're... We're very fortunate to have grown up, lived in, and served our country. And the folks today that are on active duty and are just now coming out of or off of active duty are very fortunate. And we we do have the greatest country in the world. So this show is all about keeping everybody tuned into and remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm and what that conflict was all about, evil aggression, and that seems to be, I guess we could almost say that across the board with wars, that there's evil aggression that starts them all. Would that be a, a fairly fair statement, Phil? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, people, I guess leaders, political figures, they get, uh, they get greedy. And, uh, you know, Saddam Hussein was certainly greedy. Um, he, uh, invaded his, uh, neighboring country that had not done anything against him and uh, you know took by force things that were uh, not his and um, well I guess the purpose of us was, uh, being there was just to make sure he'd give it back I uh, <clears throat> on Saturday I had opportunity to go down for a range day to uh, Fort Benning Georgia which is a couple miles a couple hours from my house and uh, we uh, we fired a, a bunch of weapons on the range. Um, I always enjoy talking to the range safety officers there because they all seem to come from some of our uh, special operators or our um, uh, <clears throat> our uh, military marksmanship unit down there. And so uh, just talking to these guys that. Uh, then afterwards went over to the uh, National Infantry Museum, which uh, is a wonderful place. If you haven't been there, you really should go down. Uh, anybody uh, either lives in Georgia or uh, or Alabama or is maybe planning a trip to uh, Georgia, uh, down to Columbus is Fort Benning, and uh, the National Infantry Museum is really a treasure trove of things. And so going through there, I saw the exhibit on Desert Storm, and um, it, uh, they showed uh, uh, exactly how it unfolded. And it, uh, of course, it, being the infantry museum was infantry-centric, uh, 
but uh, it, they did a, a very good job of presenting it. And then, of course, from subsequent uh, actions that we had in uh, Iraq, not when I was there, uh, but later, uh, our boys had brought back some souvenirs, uh, including a uh, gold-plated uh, Kalashnikov rifle that uh, Saddam had, and also uh, his sword, uh, his very ornate sword, um, some sort of crown or something. Anyway, that all sits in the National Infantry Museum now. You know... So, as we used to say in the Army, David, don't live it up if you can't live it down. <laughs> that's that's true, and... I was I was just going to ask, and, and you were explaining to me last night about the fact that the museum is fairly new, and I had been to the old museum. Now, the one thing I, I question, because I, I, I remember it so well, is that you walked into, and I was very fortunate, we went a couple of times with our boys, and uh, you'd walk in... And the museum had a certain smell. <laughs> Did they take the smell with it? You know, I don't think so. I remember 40 years ago uh, going through that. The old museum was in that big white uh, building. I'm not sure what the intent of the building was when they built it. But um, anyway, uh, they've... Uh, no, there's there's no real telltale smells in there. It's probably a good thing. Some of the smells might uh, might be triggering some for some of our guys. Um, I can tell you <clears throat> one of the things in uh, the Middle East that uh, kind of comes back to me whenever I visit the Middle East was that for some reason they think it's a good idea to uh, spray perfume. Uh, in the lobbies of their hotels, they're heavily perfumed, and uh, I can remember going back <clears throat> at, at, during my time as a cargo pilot going to the Middle East, and they'd send us to our hotel and walk in, and immediately I was transported back to the days of, <laughs> of Desert Storm. Well, the I guess the most um, prevalent smell that I remember anyway at the museum was that of canvas and you know a, yeah. a tent has a certain smell I don't care what branch you're in if you uh, put up a tent there's going to be a smell and uh, I think that was probably whether it was uh, from tents uh Bags, whatever it might have been, but I do smell. I do remember the smell <laughs> of canvas. Well, they say that uh, that the olfactory or the smell scent, the smell sense, uh, is most strongly connected uh, of all the senses to memory. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it, who can deny that? Uh, I remember. Uh, do you remember the smell that was always coming from those plastic canteens? <laughs> well, I I had both. I had the metal canteen, 
And then later on, I had the plastic one. Yeah, the, the, these plastic canteens, they had kind of a, an offensive smell to them. And then, uh, I don't know if they still do, but uh, also uh, the ponchos. You remember the ponchos? So it, oh, yeah. Smell. <laughs> and and at Fort Ord, uh, we'd pull out the ponchos, put them on, and we're already soaking wet before they gave the right. order to put them on. And um, then, you, <laughs> then you were standing there in a poncho, and the sun would come out. And it was very fortunate you had your own little steam bath. Yeah. And the poncho was to keep the moisture in. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. I do. And it was almost like a, a drill sergeant's joke, you know. And uh, <laughs> the the jokes on you, not on me. And because they would have yeah. little, uh, almost Eisenhower raincoats, just sort of short little raincoats that they could put on and take off real fast. But not us grunts. Well, you know, it's, it builds character, can I say. That's right. And boy, am I a character. Yeah, that's right. Loaded with character after all of that. But, uh, well, uh, I was, you know, so down at the museum talking about Desert Storm, uh, I was reminded of... Uh, all the different countries that uh, had helped out with uh, the effort in uh, Desert Storm, um, the ones who, uh, you know, if there were Syrians and Saudis, and uh, of course, I, I've already talked about the Kuwaitis that came. Uh, they didn't come with the Kuwaiti army because, of course, that had been devastated by the invasion, but um, these young folks that uh, have been attending college in the States. Um, and then, of course, the French, the British, uh, there's just a host of, of nations that pitched in for that. That was really, uh, you know, I'm sure Saddam has to feel pretty outnumbered just in the sheer number of nations. The only friend he had over there, I think, was... Um, was uh, the Soviet Union that you know sold him all of his uh, substandard equipment, and uh, and then I guess you could say that Iran was was a friend of his because uh, as soon as uh, we launched the air war, uh, his entire air force went and parked over in Iran. So I don't know what kind of deal they might have had. Don't you know they had a deal, though? Well, they, you know, they had been at war with Iran for many years. And uh, I don't know where the sudden friendship came from. I guess Saddam felt like his back was up against the wall. And, uh, of course, we, we meant to make sure he felt that way. Absolutely. Um, 
museum down there is really fantastic, and uh, they ask for like a $5 donation to go in. It's well worth it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I always have a lot of memories going back to uh, Fort Benning. Uh, my first uh, training assignment out of uh, commissioning. And uh, so, <clears throat> anyway, uh, just uh, maybe a little plug for uh, tourism down there in uh, west central Georgia. Well, uh, you know... I would, I, this is the thing that we're very blessed with in Georgia, is that, um, you know, we've got Fort Benning, and I was, I was sorry to see him close Fort Mac, but, um, you know, we have JC, uh, Johns Creek, uh, Newtown Park that has the, uh, Veterans Memorial to, uh, Vietnam. The, they, they bought the rolling, uh, half scale or half size wall and they put it in and gave it a permanent home now in Johns Creek at Newtown Park. And then Peachtree, uh, Peachtree City has a display and we, we just have a number of places you could come from any state in the union and come in and have a very enjoyable vacation particularly if you're a veteran but have a, a, a fantastic vacation in Georgia just going and sightseeing the different uh, locations where we have monuments and uh, at Johns Creek they also have a um, uh, not only a, a salute to uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. They also have one to uh, Afghanistan, and um, it just George is a very military. I, pull me out of this, Phil. It's it, very oriented. Well, yes, it's it's military oriented. We have uh, you know for many years we had uh, the chairman of the Senate. Uh, uh, Armed Forces Committee was a guy by the name of Richard B. Russell, and uh, you you can't uh, swing a poncho in uh, Georgia without hitting something that's named after Richard B. Russell. Of course, Richard B. Russell, I'm told, had uh, one daughter, uh, and she married a guy from Georgia who took over the family business, and that was Sam Nunn long-time uh, chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee. So uh, we had a lot. But, you know, I worked on Capitol Hill uh, as a legislative liaison during the uh, Clinton administration, and the, uh, they, they were going to balance the budget and do all this thing, get great savings through something they called BRAC, or the Base Realignment and Closure Commission. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, the... California lost a huge number of uh, of military installations in this BRAC thing, and uh, I guess Sam Nunn was gone from from the Senate, and they they took a whole bunch from from Georgia, uh, Fort Mac, Fort Gillum, uh, a few others. Uh, so, but we still have uh, quite a bit. The Marines have a, a logistics. Uh, 
installation in Albany. The uh, Navy has uh, Kings Bay in uh, southeast Georgia, uh, submarine base. Um, the Navy had, I'm not sure they still have um, logistics uh, training out at Athens and co-located with the University of Georgia. Um, there's Fort Stewart, Fort Gordon, Fort Benning. Um, there's Moody Air Force Base. There's uh, uh, Warner, Warner Robins. Robins Air Force Base. Yeah, uh, awful lot of stuff. Uh, there's the Ranger Camp up in uh, Dahlonega. Um, I'm leaving somebody out here, but um, yeah, we you know. This, all this was here because of, uh, you know, because the folks uh, and the political influence that, that Georgia had in the Senate to, to get things. And so, and the people here are fairly uh, patriotic, I'd have to say, since, uh, ever since 1865. And then, uh, you know, we've, we've had... Uh, uh, just, uh, well, we have the uh, Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Absolutely. And uh, our friend, reti- Colonel Retired Rick White, has done an excellent job on the Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, he is <laughs> he is one dedicated person. And uh, Rick is... Rick is such an asset to anything he is involved in or involved with. And um, I, <laughs> he like yourself, Phil, whenever I'm, I'm talking to, to one of you or the other, I feel like I should be standing at attention. <laughs> well, uh, I won't lock your heels. <laughs> No, I probably if I if I did do that, I'd it'd probably hurt. Yeah, but, yeah, you'd pull something out of joint. Yep. Well, age gets us, but uh, no, we're we're very fortunate to live in Georgia and and have a state that cares and communities that care. And I I was um, talking with somebody earlier that uh, you know it. It's just great that the veterans are finally getting the respect that they deserve. And more and more, and I, I saw this today on a, on a website or an email that I got, um, totally had nothing to do with what we're talking about on another business thing, and but... He was very proud of the fact that he he put on veteran-owned and operated. And uh, I think that's, you know, I think that's very important and very good. And I know I put on our information um, that, oh, i got to ask you, um, and I was going to say that on on what I send out, I generally will put Christian slash veteran owned business. But what do you think of uh, this new bill that just passed 
that they're putting the Ten Commandments back in strategic locations? Well, uh, I don't think there's, uh, you know, as I read the Constitution, um, the Second Amendment says, or the, I'm sorry, the First Amendment says that uh, Congress shall make no law establishing a religion or forbidding the practice of a religion. So, uh, uh, having a list of uh, Ten Commandments is not Congress, and it's not a law, and it's not establishing, uh, so I think it's just fine. Uh, rather than just post them, it would be nice if people had regard for them and valued them. Um, you know, in other words, you can carve it into the wall, but it's not an idol to be worshipped. Correct. But I, I'm glad they have stepped in a, in my opinion, in a positive way to bring back some of our values that were taken away. And um, I'm sure we'll hear more about it as time goes on. But we've got to get back to what our founding fathers intended with the Constitution and the reasoning of coming over here. And um, I think anything that we can do to support that we're just helping our country out that much more. And uh, we need to have our values, and we need to uh, appreciate what our founding fathers were telling us. So yeah. I'm, I'm, well, I'm all for it. Certainly, I'm all for uh, people behaving uh, in, a, in a moral way. Um, and, uh, it, you know, it has to be something that changes from the heart. Uh, you can't legislate it. That's true. The heart has to be changed. And educated. Educated. And this is something yeah. that I'm glad more and more folks are realizing the left-wing approach to education is not the way our country was founded nor is it the way our country should go we're going to take a break and we'll be back with a veterans place and our host philip forsberg right after this ladies and gentlemen boys and girls of all ages join me roger b every tuesday at 1400 hours right here on america's web radio for the locked and loaded show we will talk about guns weapons ammo gun accessories prepping and so much more so be sure to join us every tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m for locked and loaded on america's web radio hello i'm dr mike karuchak have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves If you do, join us on The Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. 
You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. And we're glad to have you listening to A Veteran's Place on America's Web Radio. As we are talking to uh, our host, Philip Forsberg, and Mr. Historian. He is our our radio station historian, I think. And uh, if I've got a question regarding anything from the Civil War on, I know who to call. And um, it's a pleasure working with him. And... It's it's always I got to admit too, Phil, that it's a pleasure calling you. I hate to wake you up on Sunday afternoons during your nap, but um, it, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And you have such insight, and you have what our country needs more and more of, and that's uh, the love of country and the love of God, and. Uh, I respect you for both, and uh, we're America doesn't know how fortunate we were to have you doing the job that you did during during Vietnam and also Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And uh, thank you for your service, sir. Well, you're welcome, David. But I'm not going to take credit for Vietnam. I did not go there. Oh, I'm. I, what was I, I thinking? Well, I'll tell you what, I did go to Vietnam. I went there in 2020, and I went there in February of this year. But I, but I did not, I did not fight in Vietnam in, in uniform. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I knew that, but I just, <laughs> you know, this age is a problem sometimes. Yeah, of course. Um, believe it or not, I'm getting older. I don't know how that happened. I, I, I consider you still a kid. And could jump and blame the calendar. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they just can't fix one that the pages turn the other way, can they? <laughs> yeah. But one of these days, the AI will take care of that. Yeah, sure. Hmm. And uh, you know, like I tell the guys uh, helping out at the the, the self checkout, uh, you know, when ask your boss. When they take everybody's job away with a computer, who's going to shop here? <laughs> That's right. Nobody's going to have a job. It's all going to be done by a computer. Well, Where? Let me ask you: Did you ever think you'd see the country like this? Uh, you know. It makes me think back to times when uh, those uh, of a conservative viewpoint would, you know, say things like, well, now you're saying that, you know, if we keep going down this track, you're going to have, you know, adult men, you know, showering with uh, teenage girls at a high school. And they would say, oh, that's all exaggeration. Well, guess what? Uh, that's what's happening. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I 
I have never done this before, and uh, I am going to promote something that I'm sure there will be some people out there that disagree or don't like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I respect anyone that will stand up and take a stand, and I quit going to the church that I had attended for for many years because of the stand that they were taking and their national folks were taking a stand that I didn't like either and uh, so I, I you know I was flipping channels on Sunday mornings and I had heard of this gentleman but Never watched him, and uh, you know he was a TV evangelist or whatever you want to call him. But he doesn't mind taking on the government. He doesn't mind taking on the issues, and he doesn't mind explaining what's right and wrong. And he does it via the Bible. And this is John Hagee, and uh, I recommend anybody to listen to him and get his opinion of just about anything and it's not just his opinion it's the Bible's opinion and he expresses that and uh, I appreciate him standing up and being pro-life and explaining uh, just a lot of things and uh I totally recommend, if you're down and you want to hear something good, well, the John Hagee uh, Daystar, I believe it's called, uh, he's just very good. And I'll drop it at that. Uh, all right, David. Well, um, let's see. Uh so I, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed going back to Fort Benning, and a friend of mine that went with me, we went to uh, a restaurant. I hope you don't mind me saying it. It's uh, Country's Barbecue. Uh, it's off of Macon Road there in uh, Columbus, and uh, it was, you know, it brought back a lot of memories because I think. When I was going through infantry school and airborne school, I must have eaten at Country's Barbecue probably at least once a week. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was good then, it's good now. I wish we so, could say that about everything. <laughs> every time I went to go to Fort Benning, every time I go to Fort Benning, especially when I do, I like to go to the range down there and, uh, and it always includes uh, a meal at Country's Barbecue before I come home. But um, uh, I will say, uh, you know, the morale, welfare, and uh, recreation folks at uh, in, in Fort Benning have done a fantastic job. They built a uh, recreational shooting complex. Uh, you can do pistol, rifle, shotgun. They have trap and skeet. I think they're... Uh, Range goes out to uh, about 300 meters if, if you want to. Uh, uh, just just be warned, 
there's no uh, electronic uh, pulley to bring your target into. You're going to need uh, you're going to need to walk down during the cold range cold times and staple a new target up there. Uh, but uh, they have trap uh, skeet. Uh, you can rent weapons there. Hmm. It's really quite something. Uh, if you want, if you think you're interested in, in trying out some kind of weapon, or you, you might want to buy it, or just curious how it works, uh, they have a, a number of weapons there that you can you can sign out pistols and rifles. And is, it, is it only open to military and veterans? Nope, uh, it's open to the general public. Now, well, getting onto Fort Benning, you're going to need to show, uh, you know, a valid government issued ID. Uh, but, you know, Fort Benning is open to the general public. Uh, and you can come and, uh, and use the range there and enjoy yourself. Um, they have excellent folks there that, uh, you know, being, being Army, uh, or military, it's going, you're gonna, uh, have to live by their rules. So you're gonna need hearing protection, eye protection, an orange vest, um, now they'll tell you the ear protection and they'll, you know, rent you the vest, but you can save yourself a little bit of money by uh, showing up with those things ready to go. A pair of regular eyeglasses will uh, satisfy the eye protection part. It, but it's quite good. The, the range safety officers that they have there are just some of the best folks. They... You know, the, the Army Marksmanship Unit down there, a lot of these guys retired from the service. And, uh, they're, they're former members of the uh, Army Marksmanship Unit. And, uh, you know, these guys have gone to the Olympics and won gold many times. And, uh, you know, with regularity, the other nations see our team show up and they just kind of pull the tent. But <clears throat> the... Uh, is those guys there, they know a lot about weapons. Of course, they know a lot about safety, and you will have to, you know, abide by their instructions, just like any legitimate range. Um, but really, so nice. I think they're closed Mondays and Tuesdays. So, you know, go online and check their hours of operation, or, you know, you may find that it's, uh, there's some sort of organized competition, and, and the, uh, the range is closed uh, during that time, so you, uh, you know to the general public. So you, you may want to just do a quick check before you go and uh, and check it out. And then while you're at Fort Benning, I highly recommend the uh, the National Infantry Museum. And if you're a history buff uh, in Columbus, they have the Confederate Naval Museum. I don't know exactly how it wound up in Columbus, but uh, it, it's right there uh, in downtown Columbus, the Confederate Naval Museum. And and how old can that military ID be? Well, I mean, if it has an expiration date, uh, well, it, it, yours is probably expired, <laughs> David. Uh, but... I would say, uh, you know, if you just have a Georgia driver's license or any state-issued driver's license, uh, it's adequate for getting you on the installation. You don't have to be military. You don't have to be a veteran. 
Well, you know, I, I do. I do carry my uh, my old uh, military ID, which you're right. It's very far out of date. But you know, you go places sometimes, and they'll ask, you know, are you a, are you a veteran? Yes. Do you have any proof or anything like that? And you know, once they take one look at that ID and a shaved head, they realize that I was, <laughs> or I am, or something. But, uh, you know, I, I don't carry my honorable discharge with me everywhere. And so, if I you have know to... You can do, David. Pardon me? The, the VA will now issue a, a, a veteran ID card. Uh, hmm. So you may want to look into that. Well, as a reservist, uh, we, didn't, we never got those privileges. Uh, if you go on to VA.gov... You may find that you can get that. Oh, okay. Yeah. VA.gov. And that, that's something, that's why I say have a pen and paper ready when you're listening to this show because Phil always comes up with something like that. And I want to take a little, uh, or take a moment just out to remind everybody to, if you're a, a veteran or a family member of a veteran, don't forget that you've got people at all the veteran organizations uh, up and down the gambit and go in and ask for a service officer and they will help you through most anything. If, if you've had a veteran that has passed away and you're wondering about burial information, if your funeral home doesn't give it to you, you can find out about it. And there are so many things that veterans don't take advantage of from VA loans just all over the place. And that's what the uh, service officers are there for. And you've got them at American Legion, DAV, you know, on and on and on. And please, you have your rights, and you need to take what the government has promised you. They have. Uh, they made promise, and if you received an honorable discharge, you earned these benefits. These are not um, any kind of handout. They are uh, benefits that you earn, and when when. The young people today see our nation uh, taking care of uh, veterans. You know that is a uh, an, in- an inducement to them, a- an incentive to them to uh, to consider serving. Uh, and so uh, I'm I'm very pleased to uh, help veterans get the benefits that they've uh, earned. Uh, I uh, have uh, last uh, last month I was sworn in as the uh, oh no, it was this month I was sworn in as the commander of the uh, Disabled American Veterans uh, Chapter Six in Marietta, and um, so we, uh, we you know we're very active in, in helping veterans, and if you're down in Atlanta Chapter One of the DAV is also very, very active. So, um, 
I would like to um, just encourage those who uh, are looking for uh, information about benefits they may be entitled to, contact the service officer from DAV, VFW, uh, American Legion, you know, any of these service organizations or, or the Georgia Department of Veterans Service. And those programs are available because you are the family member that served. That's that's what they're there for. That they they're promises that are that need to be kept. And the way you keep them is you apply for them and. Um, the government has to be responsible to you, and we urge all veterans. And the indoctrination that uh, a retiring officer or retiring anything, if you're retiring from the military, you need to check with your service officer and know the know the privileges, know the rights, and know the uh, benefits that you've got waiting for you on the other side of the the big gate, and uh, they're there. They're there for a reason, and you've earned that reason. No matter what you, no matter how you've done your time, you have the right to those. What you you promised when you raised your right hand, the government raised their hand as well. And there are so many educational benefits that you can get through veteran programs. And any and everybody ought to take them up on that. And they're there. Take them. And you know, it's not just, it's not just college, David. Uh, there's vocational rehabilitation uh, training you could get uh, for, for the trades. Trades are in great demand these days. Um, so, I, you know, uh, there's uh, home loans. Uh, you can, you can uh, purchase a home without any money down. Um, you can, uh, you know, get uh, health care that is required through, through the VA health care system. It's, uh, it's really quite wonderful the benefits that you can get, you know, but you have to apply. Phil, do you know if they've opened... Do you know if they've opened uh, the... uh, uh, In St. Louis, uh, all the records and files, do you know if they've opened it back up yet? Yeah, I believe that the National Archives, the the military records people are are back to work. Oh, good, good, because they were... (laughs) They were closed a long, long time, but it's good to know that they're open back up again. Um, okay. As a historian, you know, I <laughs> I think that uh, a school, and they've changed the uh, reading material so much, I and I haven't seen a junior high school or middle school, whatever you want to call it. I haven't seen them uh, and don't know what their books are like now, 
but I I do wonder if they're going to devote material to you know what I started to say it would be nice to have kids be able to name the conflicts and wars since World War One, and I doubt that you could find one in I don't know how many that could do that uh, even the, even at the high school level but it would be nice if 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 kids knew what Veterans Day stood for what Memorial Day stands for and you know the difference between the two and you know we went back to our original history I would love to see that but I don't know if we can well, or not you know if you're a parent of a child you can always uh, sit down with your child and explain these things uh, read books with them uh, explain you know why we uh, why our country is the way it is what, you know what our history's been like um, this is uh, all stuff that uh, parents should teach their kids I know I, I taught my kids quite a bit uh, and uh, when we lived in Washington D.C. I took them to every uh, thing I could think of to help them understand uh, our history uh, enjoyed uh, you know we were in D.C. We went to uh, military band concerts everywhere, all the different services. Um, years ago, I went to uh, Sprayberry High School, I think, and saw um, the uh, the Navy Commodores, which is a uh, the jazz band of the United States Navy, did a concert. It was fantastic. But that was before COVID. I was looking around on the internet trying to find military band concerts and uh, just uh, you know they they all seem to be clustered the you know the headquarters of the Navy band and Army band Marine Air Force band all, all their performances seem to be clustered around the Washington D.C. area so um, I you know I and I'm I'm going to probably try to contact the uh, the Georgia Guard and see if uh, they have band that have the 116th Army Band see if we can't get some concerts out in the community with them love to hear it oh yeah that would be great you know and anybody that's in one of those bands has got to be very good in whatever instrument it might be because if you think about it, look at the competition you've got. And if you're not the best, you're not going to be in there. Yeah, and, they're, they're very, very talented. And I'll tell you another thing. Speaking about Desert Storm, uh, we, of course, I was in an MI brigade. It wasn't big enough to have its own band. But uh, uh, we did get uh, the band from the 101st Airborne Division came over. And did a concert for us in our in our area. Uh, 
during Desert Storm, and or actually Desert Shield it was, but uh, when they come over, uh, everybody turned out and everybody enjoyed it to a man. Oh, I'm sure. They, they were so talented and so good. It was fantastic. And this is, you know, as we say every week, the looking at whether you're a high school or graduating high school senior or you've just gotten your degree from a university and you're not quite sure what you're going to do next, look at the military. And it's like any other business or anything else. It's not perfect by any stretch, but it offers one of everything under the sun. If you're wanting to expand your musical career and you can make the Army, Navy, whatever organizations band, or even more so their stage band or whatever they call them, you, you have just put such a notch on your resume that when you get out, you can take it any place and they know that you're worth your salt. And this is true whether you're, you decide to play in a band or you're just a platoon sergeant or you're, you, uh, become an officer, whatever. When you've got military experience on your resume, that puts you ahead of the game of the, of the next guy. And that's been proven over and over again. Businesses like Veterans, and they know they can count on them. They know that if you're supposed to be there at four o'clock in the morning, you already know what four o'clock in the morning is. You may not like it, but you know what it is, and you'll be there because you can be counted on. And we urge anybody to do that. Okay, with that being said, Phil, we're going to have to close this out before I get in trouble with myself. Well, thanks for the opportunity to talk again. Oh, it's always my pleasure, and I thank you for your service and and your service in giving to the station. Okay, folks, stay tuned for from America's Web Radio, and uh, again, we thank Phil for being with us. Take care. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.